And we will not follow strangers, thieves and robbers. But we will follow the Good Shepherd. Regardless of what's going on, regardless of the situations, the circumstances, the chaos, we will continue to follow You and You alone. We will not follow man, but the man, Christ Jesus. I bless you, Father. Thank you so much, God. You're such a good, good daddy. Thank you for your written word. Thank you for your spoken word, how you lead us and how you guide us, how affectionate you are towards us, the wisdom that you give to us, the blessing of your presence. The joy of fellowship with you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Isaiah 33, 6 says, And he will be the stability of your times, a wealth of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Think about how Abraham, that God told Abraham, I am your reward. That's something that's resonated with me, and you have to, I have to continually remind myself of that. Nothing else is my reward, but Lord, you are. Luke 23:46 says, And Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. And I was thinking about how he committed his spirit at the end, but he also committed his life, and we have his spirit in us. How do we commit? What are we committing to? Amen. Last night we spent some time with some friends, and um, I saw them this morning also. To uh, he came to the house, and he was just speaking of um, high school. And um, prior to him speaking that, this uh, this came to me, and I wanted to share. It's out of First Samuel chapter 18 and it says after David had finished talking with Saul Jonathan became one of one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself from that day Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family 
and Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Listen, O daughter, give attention and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house. Then the king will desire your beauty. Because he is your Lord, bow down to him.
Arise and shine, your light has come. Do not doubt, do not fear, do not hesitate. Arise, arise, your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Amen. And so, yes, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples, but, but the Lord will arise and even now is arising over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Amen. Father, thank you that we're in the era of the glory of God. And the manifestation of that glory is orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, that we work with you, that we abide in you, that you are moving and you are shifting, you are shaking and you are building. And let you build, stand. Thank you, Lord, that in those mountains of society, there's something happening. There's an air of glory coming to those mountains. And it's the glory of the living God to right wrongs, to bring justice and righteousness. For those are the pillars of God's throne. You have a people, a people of priests and kings. You have called to rise up to carry your glory, your mantle of your glory. And as they are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, they go forth anointed by the Holy One. For the Holy One lives in you. So, Father, for your glory, I see the earth filled with the glory of God from sea to sea, from mountain to mountain. And it shall cover the earth as water covers the sea. For your glory, Lord. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your fellows. You are our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We will not fear. God is in the midst of us. We will not be moved. The Lord of hosts is with us. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us.
ladies sing, we want to hear your voice. And I hear the voice of the Lord saying, the greatest among you shall be the servant of all. And so I'm just crying in my own heart to become a servant, God. To learn what it is to serve others. To learn what it is to walk in humility. To come and learn of you. I had the privilege of knowing one of whom others said he's the greatest man of God in Kansas City. <clears throat> and his name was Timothy Chung. And Timothy Chung came from China. And he was put in prison, sentenced to 20 years of hard labor because he would not renounce Christ. And they said, all you got to do, we know your heart. You're a beautiful man. If you'll just renounce it, we'll let you go. You get right out of here. And he said, no, I will not do that. And so for 20 years, he labored. But yet God worked it together for good. And the Red Guard went around murdering and slaying millions of people. And he was kept because he was in prison. And he loved Jesus. And so when he got out, there was a few men and women that knew of him somehow, some way, and they had the privilege to bring him here to Kansas City. And Timothy Chung became, like they said, one of the greatest men in Kansas City, not seen but unseen because of his reverence, love, and relationship with Jesus. And he worked as a humble servant. He was a janitor, became a janitor. But even in that, God rewarded him and his wife, Jane, and his family, his sons, somehow escaped that godless regime and came here to Kansas City. It's a beautiful story, a beautiful testimony of becoming a servant and the rich rewards that go along with servanthood. The Lord is telling me to pray for our government from top to bottom, to pray for all our families, to pray for all to open up their hearts to him and not to the almighty dollar. To do all things in love, fearlessly, kind, and bold. To proclaim God's rainbow and not be shy or fearful about our Father's promises and our Father's words. For his Holy Spirit lives and breathes in all of us.
only me. The Lord reigns. Do you see me? Do you see the Lord reigns? Do you see me? I am robed in majesty. Do you see me armed with strength? The world is firmly established and it cannot be moved. My throne was established long ago. Oh God, you are from all eternity. Do you see me? For I reign. And I pray that the Lord would reveal anything that we are dependent on besides Him. Whether it be our jobs, our paychecks, the government, whatever it might be. I am the Lord who has made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself. I am the Lord who foils the signs of false prophets. I am the Lord who makes fools of all the diviners. I am the Lord who overthrows the learning of the wise. I am the Lord who carries out the words of all my servants. 
I am the Lord who fulfills the predictions of my messengers. And says of Jerusalem, it shall be inhabited. Of the towns of Judah, they shall be built. I am the Lord. And of their ruins, they shall be restored. I am the Lord. And the Lord is my name. Who says of the watery deep, be dry. I am the Lord. I am the Lord who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd. I am the Lord. And the Lord is my name. And I will accomplish all that I say. I am the Lord. And the Lord Lord. is my name. My name. When I say, let it be rebuilt, the Lord is my name, and my name is the Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord. When I lay a foundation, it is laid because my name is the Lord and the Lord is my name I will go before thee and will level the mountains because my name is the Lord and the Lord is my name I will break down the gates of bronze, for my name is the Lord. I will cut through the bars of iron, for my name is the Lord. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches store in secret places. So that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. I summon you by name and bestow on you the title of honor. I am the Lord. And there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. And I will strengthen you. Though some of you do not acknowledge me. I am the Lord. And there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. And I bring prosperity and create disaster. I am the Lord. And I do all these things. I am the Lord. And the Lord is my name. Amen. I thank you, Father God. Yes, Lord. For your name is great. Hallelujah. In every 
realm. Yes, it is, Lord. You are the Most High, Yahweh. Mm. There is none like you, Father God. You know all things well. Nothing is hidden from you. Nothing and no one is hidden from you. All souls belong to God. You see everything. You know us full well. You see everyone and know everything. And we thank you, Father God. And we give you honor and glory this day. In the majestic name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord. Glory. Can you just speak out how great the Lord is, who He is to you, whatever words come from your heart. Just let your heart speak through your mouth. Glory. You're so good to us, God. What a mighty God you are. Glorious Father. The Holy One of Israel. Oh, we are so grateful for you, Father. Mm, you are such a loving and affectionate daddy. Behold the kindness of God and the severity of God. Bless you, Lord. Mm, so good to us, God. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. Your empowerment. Most important, thank you for you, Father. Thank you for you. Glory be to God. So now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that His love will triumph over death. Life's troubles, fallen angels, or darkness and rulers in the heavens, there is nothing, our present or future circumstance, that can weaken His love. There is no power above us or beneath us. No power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which He lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. Glory. Because he loves us, he disciplines us. I knew that would put a smile on your face. Glory be to God. I'm going to start in Hebrews 6 7. And it says, When the ground soaks up the falling rain, and bears a good crop for the farmer. It has God's blessing. 
But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love for him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Amen. Thank you for your word, Lord. Bless the Lord. You know, ecclesia is much like our form of government. It takes citizen participation for it to function correctly. That's all of us participating in the process. And I was thinking of that term, God of Israel or Holy One of Israel. It's easy to think when you hear the word Israel to think of the nation, that he's the God of that nation, which there's truth in that. But what does Israel actually mean? What's the word mean that he's God of? Does anybody remember? The word Israel is a compound word of Sarah and El, meaning God. And Sarah, when God changed Sarai's name to Sarah, Sarah is the root word for the Hebrew word government. So Israel is God and his governmental bride together. That's who he's God of. He's God of Israel, the God and his bride together. Being intimate together. Isn't that beautiful? Not just a nation, although that's true. But there's so much more to that. His word's so rich, isn't it? When you dive into it. Amen. A couple announcements real quick. And then we have a couple testimonies that I'm excited to hear about. Um, For my campaign, we're doing a listening town hall. A listening town hall is hopefully where I listen more and talk less. And we're doing it on Thursday, uh, July 27th, right here at 6.30 with a silent auction. And um, speaking of silent auction, if you have anything you would like to donate for that, that would be wonderful. You're more than welcome to participate, but you don't have to either. And then also, this is a couple months away, but put this on your radar or in your calendar that on Sunday, September 10th, we are going to have our annual uh, picnic out at the lake, Blake, Blue Springs Lake at Shelter B. So that was, that's what we'll do for our morning service. We won't be here, but on, on the 10th of September, we'll be out there. 
So, uh, and just in case you're thinking about this in the back of your mind, the Chiefs don't play that day, so don't worry about it. Just in case that thought came to mind. So last week, uh, Delinda mentioned to me um, a testimony she shared, and I asked her if she would um, be so kind, I actually didn't use those words, to share that this week. And so, Delinda, would you come up and, and, uh, and share your testimony? And we have a microphone we're going to turn up really loud. Matter of fact, let's just live stream this on Facebook, too, if you don't mind. I'm just kidding you. I'm kidding. You just wanted to increase my nervousness, right? <laughs> well, this testimony takes place a week and a half ago on a Thursday. So when I shared this with um, Pastor Joe last Sunday, it was real fresh. So... Um, as I was doing my daily routines of cleaning and so forth, I just had in my heart this strange desire to go to Walmart. And I didn't need anything at Walmart. and But I just had this, like, just kept coming to my mind over and over, you know, go to Walmart, go to Walmart. And so it's like, okay, I guess I'm going to Walmart. So I went to Walmart, and I thought I'll just be killing some time. And I'm walking around there. And I'm pushing my cart. I mean, you know, there's thousands of things. And yet there was nothing that I needed or wanted. And I'm pushing my cart and I'm going, why am I here? Why am I here? I don't even, there's nothing I'm wanting. And then the next aisle over from me, I hear cursing. Strong language. And in that moment, I can't explain to you how I knew. I just had knowledge. That's why you're here. And in that exact moment, I knew it was a spirit of Tourette's. And so I walked on down to the aisle so I could go get a peek. <laughs> so I go around the corner and I see the young man, probably 30-ish, and he works there and he's filling up those carts, those little basket things. And so I walk around and I'm talking to God. I'm like, um, Lord, is this you? I mean, I already instantly had knowledge why I was supposed to be there and what spirit it was. But yet, then again, I start like, God, is this you? And I start, then I go around the next aisle on the other side of him. <laughs> and so I was like, I need some time to talk to God. And so I'm walking. <laughs> so I'm going down the next aisle, and I can still hear him, you know. And and then I come on the back side, and I peek down again, and I see him. And then so I go you know, back around. I'm skipping the aisle in the middle because I need to really talk to God. <laughs> so I'm like, God, is this you? Is this you? And every time I said that, the desire to go address this kept increasing in me. It just kept growing. And so I go down to the end where I can see him. And I'm like, Lord, is this you again? And then it was like I realized well, Satan's not telling you to go pray for him. And I was like, and I was like, well, it's obviously not me telling myself because I had pity on him. Pity was just growing and compassion was just increasing. Every time I would hear him have this outbreak, which was, you know, every like 10 or 15 seconds. So this, this young man was really controlled by this. And so I was like, well, if it was just me trying to do this, 
I'm trying to talk myself out of it, so apparently it must be God. And it's like, okay, Lord, but what do I say? What do I do? What do you want me to do? And God says, I want you to pray for him and tell him that I want to heal him. And I was like, okay. So I walk around. I'm like, God, then prepare it. I have no idea what I'm saying. I have no idea what I'm going to pray. I don't know if there's going to be a demon manifest. And the Spirit of the Lord just spoke to me and said, it already is. I was like, okay, but this demon could get worse. And, and I'm in Walmart. <laughs> yeah, what's unusual about that, right? <laughs> so I, I go down the aisle, and I'm walking towards him. And as every step I'm taking, I'm just, I am overwhelmed with pity. And I begin to almost feel his pain of his suffering, of being trapped in this. And so I get right up to him, and he avoids contact with people. He's, you know, he keeps, I, I had observed that, that he would, he would not really look at people. And so I get right up to him, and I, I say to him, how long have you been this way? And he, with his head down, and he sort of glances at his side to me, and he said, since I was nine And I said, God wants to heal you. And I'm here, and I would like to pray with you. So he went over to his cart, and he was kind of holding on to it. Actually, kind of, it looks more like he was ducking inside, but yet he kept kind of glancing at me. And then, of course, when he would do that, his body would kind of convulse, and these profanities would come out of him. So I ministered to him a little bit. I can't really even tell you what I said. It just kind of came out, and... Um, it was what I felt like the Lord was speaking. Oh, thank you, Lord. So when I was asking God, what do I, let me back up. What do I say to him? (laughs) I heard these words. Speak what you hear the Father say, or only speak what you hear the Father say. And I was like, God, is that you or Joe? (laughs) No kidding. I (laughs) just... Because how many, how many times have we heard Joe say that, right? And I was like, isn't that amazing how many times in the past year I have heard you say that? And that was the very thing that God would use in that moment. Like, just that reminder. Just don't try to figure it out. Just speak what you hear me say. So when I'm ministering to him, whatever, I honestly really don't remember what I said. And so when I got to the place, that I felt like it was ready to to pray for him. And I said, okay, are you ready? I'm going to pray for you. And I I can't explain this. I just knew that I knew that I knew that God wanted to heal him. Because if I do this in myself, I could miss it. And maybe God, you know what I mean? But I didn't have any doubts about it at that point. And so I asked him, I said, I feel like I'm supposed to lay my hand on you. Do you mind if I touch you? I placed my hand on his shoulder, and I just began to pray over this young man. I said, in the name of Jesus, you have sent me to pray over him. And I just began to pray. I don't remember exactly what I prayed. And then I stopped, and I looked at him, and I said, I think you need deliverance from a spirit. 
I said, I think this is more than just a healing. I think your healing has to come through a deliverance. I said, I want to take authority over the demons. I said, are you okay with that? And he was like, he nodded yes. And so, and I just start saying, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And a couple other workers started coming up, and they kind of looked at me. <laughs> and they backed away. They were real respectful, and they just kind of left. And I just kept saying that in the name of Jesus. And then he would have some outbursts, but it was calming down. But it was still there. So then I stopped, and I felt like the Lord wanted to say some more things to him. And I said some things that I don't even remember what I told him, but it was it was biblical. <laughs> It was in line with the scriptures. I do remember that. <laughs> and so I just I just bound a spirit of Tourette. And then I felt like I said, do you think back to the time you were nine years old? I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you an open door of where that came into your life. What happened at nine years old? And he's just kind of pondered, and he didn't know. And I said, okay, well, that you don't have to have the answer right now, but the Holy Spirit's going to reveal that to you. I said, you may not be have your full deliverance now, or you may. I don't know. I'm, I'm not God. God does that, and he chooses what to do, when and where and how. I just said, I'm obedient. He told me to come and pray for you. So then he, I asked him, I said, you know, can I give you some, like, trusted pastors that you would have access on YouTube that works in deliverance and healing. So I said, because it needs to go on behind just right now. You, you need continual. And he asked, he said, can you look me up on Facebook right now, and then you can send me all of those things to help me. So we did. I found him, and so I've been doing that. Um, but anyway, so I, I went ahead again because I felt after whatever it was the Lord wanted to say, I prayed for him again just over and over in the name of Jesus. You unclean spirit, loose him in the name of Jesus. You unclean spirit, loose him. So then when we turned apart, I was going back out of there, and the Holy Spirit said, just turn around and tell him that you. And so I turned around, and I said, God said to tell you that he wants to heal you. He wants to restore you, and I was sent here for you. Isn't that great? By the way, Delinda, I have a, a police officer friend in the city, and we went to Walmart and we pulled the tape of you and that, and so we're going to play that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Great job being obedient to the Lord. That's what it's all about right there. Amen. Amen. And now we're going to hear from Sharon, who has an awesome testimony, too. Sharon, come on up.
Hello? Is it on? Okay. In 2011, I told the Lord, I'm very obese and all this stuff. He already knew all that. So I said, Father, I'm making a proclamation this day, January 2011. The next 50 years of my life are going to be healthier than what I've been to this point, to that point. Fast forward to March 2012. I was down 100 pounds, and that has stayed off. Uh, I'm off of insulin, and never to be on that again. And um, March 2012, I thought I'd better go get new clothes because the old ones were falling off, literally. I could only grab them so much. So I was coming home, had both arms full of Lots of wonderful things. Started to step up on concrete steps that go up to my porch. My left foot was was up there. And you know how when you're stepping up, you know, you're going like this. I had nothing to hang on to. I had my bags. And my right foot slipped off the next step. The next thing I knew, my left knee hit the edge of the concrete step. My left hip hit the edge of the next step. My back slammed against the right iron railing. My shoulder hit the next one. My head landed on my purse instead of the edge of the next step. So I decided to um, get up, and I couldn't. There was no feeling on the left side of my body. My leg was there, but it had no feeling. So I did this with my elbows to crawl up the rest of the way. I got into the house. I had to reach up and unlock the door, and I crawled in on the floor. The dogs were happy. I was down on the floor with them. I crawled over to the sofa, pulled myself up, and I fell over. I could not sit up. I did not know what was going on. My left leg was not functioning when I would try to sit down. I would have to lift up the left leg. Because there was no, it was like dead. It was there, but there was nothing I could do to control it. So I would have to lift the left leg and put it down. So um, that was pretty traumatic. But I was angry because 2011, Father, the next 50 years of my life are going to be healthier than what it's been so far. I knew who the enemy was. I was not going to give in to that moment. I got, I stood up the best I could, fell back down, and I said, I walk by faith, not by sight, and not by how I feel. And I had no feeling in the left leg. I tried to step forward. I immediately fell back again. The only way I could walk was to do this. And I know you guys can't see what I'm doing, but I could only move sideways. That's all I could do. Um, I decided to better make an appointment with the doctor. He sent me in for x-rays, MRIs, whatever all those things were. They gave me a big list of everything that was wrong with me. And I made a decision that day. All along, I was saying, okay, this is a portion of the medical report. To this day, I cannot tell you what any of the diagnoses were that they gave me. It was them trying to give something to me. 
I refused. I decided this word is my healing, my diagnosis. Out there in the foyer, you will see a list of a portion of the scriptures that I had been meditating on for years prior to March 2012. So, um, going to all the doctors, you even saw the doctor that treated the cheese because my doctor is a friend of his, and he said, I wouldn't touch you. You're in worse shape than my boys. And um, all of the doctors would always ask me, how are you walking? According to these reports, you have no discs between your vertebrae. To this day, I guess I still don't. Um, your vertebrae are domino. They did show me that. My vertebrae were like, you know how when you play dominoes, how they tip over like that? Your My vertebrae are dominoed in this whatever they were trying to show me. Um, they would do that little hammer thing to test reflexes. Left leg is hanging there. They're hitting it and hitting it. Nothing's happening. The uh, Hit the ankle. Nothing's happening. No response. Then they say, um, why are you walking? You, this is not making sense. Nothing is connected. How are you walking? I said, I choose to. God's word says, I set before you this day life or death. Blessing or cursing, you choose. I was not negating the medical reports, but I chose to believe God's word over the medical reports, okay? And I'm thankful that there are doctors there to help everybody, but I told them I appreciate your knowledge and stuff, but I said, you've got to understand. I am living and breathing because I choose to because I know who my Lord is. So then um, I'm tootling along, and I told my doctor, I said, get me a walker with a seat because I'm not going to be in a wheelchair. Because they had told me at the beginning, if I lived a year, I would be bedridden the rest of my life. And I said, watch me. I will not. I said, I will live and keep going. So then um, my doctor got me the walker with the seat. So I could learn to walk forward, okay? Now, walking forward was a real challenge because no feeling in the left leg. So I'd have to take a step with the right and drag this left leg. Take another step with the right, drag the left leg. I could only do three steps, then I'd be wore out, and I'd have to sit down on the walker. Well... I, I was that way until September 2013. I was here at church, and Lori Howard's son, Nathan, was giving his testimony about what had happened when his hips got healed or something. And I told Dale, I was sitting right where this young man is sitting right there. And I told Dale, I said, take me up front. I'm going to have Nathan pray for me. Nathan never prayed anything out loud, but I stood up there. Nathan came, stood in front of me, prayed. I said, thank you, and Dale was walking me back to the chair because I had to have support to walk. And he got me to that chair, and I said, let me go. And I hung on to each chair until I got to the end where Mike's sitting. And I looked all the way back over there to the corner, and I thought, 
I've never walked that far by myself unassisted. So I let go of that chair, and I said, come on, God, let's do this. And I walked all the way to the back where Terry was sitting, and I got back there, and I said, all right, God, I want to do something else. I hadn't been able to raise my hands because of the things in my spine not being connected. So I said, I'm going to raise my hands, bend over, touch my toes, and the way I went and came back up. And I said, woo, this is great. So then we carry on, carry on, carry on. And then a few weeks ago, I was at the house, tripped over a box in the kitchen in the middle of the night, landed flat on the floor again, left knee down, left hip, back slammed against the wall and the wedding door. But on the way down, I said, oh, no, not this time, not again. I got right back up as if nothing had happened to me. Then um, Friday, June 30th, I thought, I'm going to do something else. So I went down the front steps of my porch, walked out there in the yard, which is very uneven, walked by myself with just me and my feet and the Lord. We walked down two driveways, came back, and Dell was standing, coming out the front door. He said, where'd you go? I said, I went for a little walk. Then, when we were at the uh, parade on July 4th, I walked. We parked behind the building where the bakery was, but we were in the parking lot behind the building. I walked all the way around without a walker, came all the way around, went all the way back by myself without the walker. Brought the walker back so I could use it for a seat to sit outside. So, But what I wanted to share with you is this. Whenever you are given a report that is contrary to the Word of God, you must, as if your life depends on it, believe that Word above all else. Do not be persuaded by medical terms. Like I said, I know a lot of people are more well-versed on what some disease is or whatever. I chose not to do that for me because I know who my God is. I know what I've been redeemed from and what I have been redeemed into. So I encourage you all, do something if you are having limited in whatever area. Do something that you could not do before, even if it's just wiggle a finger. Now I can wiggle my toes. Now I can do this. When they, when they did my whatever again in 2017, oh, my goodness, it was way worse. And I said, I don't care because I have to walk by faith, not by sight, and not by how I feel. And the scriptures are out there, like I said, out there on that little thingy booper, if you all want to take, take some home, to read them and meditate on them. And just be encouraged to know that your God is for you. And nothing can successfully come against you. I did five minutes. Okay. Wasn't that awesome? When uh, Dale and Sharon, was it 2013 when you guys started coming? No, he came before because I was sent home in bed. Yeah. 
That's what I was going to mention. When they, when they started, yes, when they started to attend, uh, Dale was coming more often. Sharon would come every once in a while. Um, and, and that's how I met Sharon. She was, that was the condition she was in. She couldn't, couldn't walk very well and get around very well. She was in that. But that day she was talking about how she went back there. I was standing up here and I saw her walk back there. And um, I had to do a double take when I saw her do this and bend all the way over and touch. the. I'm like, the first thing that came to me was, oh, my God, I can't even do that. <laughs> now, she's a little bit lower to the ground than I am, but still. <laughs> yeah, I was standing up here and I saw her back and went, what in the world? Now, what, something I need to say about. Because she talked about 2017. Was that when you guys were in Idaho? Well, we came back. In 2017? Yeah. Because you fell again out there in Idaho, right? Or something like that? Yeah. Oh, well, that's it. <laughs> no, it was no big deal. You know, just. <laughs> Want to see the tire tracks? <laughs> so. So this is the first time I had ever witnessed this in person. I've heard stories about this. And she referenced it when she was talking. I don't know if you caught it. But so she went back to the doctor out there and had some scans done. And her, her spine and stuff is still not attached. So, so this, this was a whole nother aspect of the healing of God. That the healing wasn't everything being reattached. It's still that way, but she can still function and walk. That's like having no eyes, but still being able to see. Isn't that amazing? That was fun. Did I mention what a cool looking shirt that is, by the way? I just, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you, Delinda, for your testimony. Um, what wonderful testimonies of faith. And that's what we've been talking about. Trust and confidence in God. I'm... I'm not going to share my whole message this morning. There's just a few things I want to, yeah, I want to do, I do want to mention. At different times, different seasons, depending on what the Lord is wanting to accomplish, what His will is, what His purpose is in any given moment, it could be, Linda's testimony at Walmart or Sharon's or it could be how he's manifesting himself right now in this time period to the entire body of Christ. However, he wants to manifest himself for his will. It is important. I would probably even say critical that we understand how he's deciding to manifest himself. And this is what I mean by that. 
we know this in Scripture. The Lord can manifest Himself as a lamb. He did that when He came the first time, and He was the sacrificial lamb. And we know when He returns the second time, He's not coming that way. He's coming as a lion. Okay, so we got a lamb. We have a lion. There's many different pictures, ways we can describe. Now, the Lord is He's everything all the time. It's not like He's you know He stops being a lamb to become a lion. It's how he begins to, the prioritizing of his manifestation, what he's wanting to accomplish in any given time. And we've talked about, I've mentioned this many, many times, because it was a word the Lord gave us, and it was out of Joshua chapter 5. So for 40 years in the wilderness, God was what? He was a caretaker. He was their God. He led them by a pillar of fire, by the cloud. He took care of them. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. He he supplied water for them, food for them, and just took care of them, right? But in Joshua chapter 5, after Joshua becomes the leader, they cross over to the Jordan. They're now in the promised land, and they begin to uh, circumcise all the males, and they observe the Passover, and the manna stopped, falling from heaven. They began to eat. Everything changed for them. And then, then uh, Joshua, standing next to Jericho, sees this man standing there, dressed and ready for battle with his sword drawn. Now, that manifestation right there is Jesus. It is the Lord. And the reason we can say that is because Joshua knelt down and he worshipped. And if it was an angel, the angel would say, don't worship me. I'm just a servant like you or whatever the word. So for 40 years, God manifested himself to the, to the uh, Israelites as that caretaker, that God, that loving, you know, taking care of them and fighting battles, all of those things for them, taking care of them. But now he's dressed for battle. Joshua chapter 5. This is a completely different manifestation of, the, of God. And one of the things the Lord spoke to me is when God changes, and I believe that we have crossed over that way in the time we live. That we have crossed over now to a God that's ready to take to, to go to battle. I'll put it that way. His sword is drawn. No soldier draws a sword unless they're ready. And that's, that's the picture of Joshua 5. And so, but when the Lord begins to manifest himself that way, prioritizing a, a different picture, a different view of him, it could be very difficult for many Christians that are so used to him being a certain way. And we've always known God this way. And so when he begins to appear a different way, it's it becomes a stumbling. It's like, that can't be God or that that's not that's just not the way I've always known him like this. Well, God's many things. We can't put him in a box and define him just this way all of the time and how he wants to manifest because at different times in different eras, he has different purposes. And since he's the head and we are the body, if we don't understand or see how he's manifesting himself, how are we going to function as that body under the head? Because if he's functioning now or uh, appearing now as a warrior with a sword drawn and we're still serving the lamb that has come to sacrifice himself on the cross, you know, you see what I'm saying? Or the, the servant that wants to wash the feet, but he's no, he's calling us to arms. How are we going to 
function with Him if we're the body. Well, we're not. The body's going to be disjointed. It's obvious. Is this making sense? So it's very, very important that we understand at any given time how the Lord, because He doesn't adapt to us. We adapt to Him. And again, because we're the body, when we adapt to Him, and the more intimate you are with the Lord, the more at depth of your intimacy, your fellowship, that koinonia with the Lord, you will begin to take on that, what's the right word to really say, not manifestation, but that persona or that particular way the Lord is wanting to display himself at any given time. Is that? Yeah, we, we, yeah, an attribute, we'll take on that attribute or that care, that whatever that, whatever, however he's wanting to manifest. If he, I'll just stick with the lamb lion because that's easier to understand. If he's manifesting himself as a lamb and we're walking in intimacy with him and a depth of, then we will also adapt and take on that lamb mantle and present that. Is that, but if he's a lion right now, then guess what? We're going to be, that's, but if we always think of him as a lamb or always think of him as a lion, we're going to miss how he's really, or whatever, however, our perception, our experience with him, what we've always known him as or experience him with then we're going to have trouble functioning with him at any given moment in time as he's changing manifestation. I know I'm stumbling and trying to, to, to communicate all of this. And so we have to discern what he's wanting to do and what, how he's wanting to manifest. This faith has got everything to do with this. And trusting and having confidence in God, in the character and person of God, not my confession, not anything else, but in God. And what is he doing and what he's showing? Because we are on a war footing. I've been saying this for the uh, last several years. When you are on a war footing, you think differently. And because you think differently, you speak differently and you will act differently. And, and and I'm seeing the real big difference of so many Christians have no idea they're on a war footing right now, and they're still they're still back how God was manifesting in in the wilderness, how He's taking care of us, and He doesn't stop taking care of us. I don't mean to say that, but He's manifesting as a warrior, and we're not following that. We're stay we want to stay back there in the wilderness where God just takes care of all our needs and everything's well and it's fine and however, you know, we're just pan tribulists, however it all pans out, it'd be fine. Just whatever. World's going to hell and I don't have anything to do with it because we're we're over here and clapping and having our exciting fun times. I hope this is making sense. Now when you're on a war footing, does that, does that phrase make sense to you? In uh, military, when I was in the military, uh, we were trained basically, uh, they, they didn't 
say it this way in, in the Navy, but this is how it came across. You're, you're on a war, for, war footing all of the time. You're to always be prepared. You're to always be obedient to, to uh, command. But when you're on a war footing, our disobedience has greater consequences than they do at times of peace and comfort. Our disobedience, our, our individual disobedience has, can have the potential to have uh, uh, consequences on more people during times of war than at times during peace. Ananias and Sapphira's consequences were swift. And it was death. I mean, death. Just There, there wasn't even a whole lot of time for counseling or repentance. Tell us the truth. What happened? You're lying. That's New Testament. That's not Old Testament. That's New Testament. Do you know the very first time in the book of Acts the word ecclesia is used? Is right after that moment. When the people were in fear. Now, I can't speak for everybody, but I don't know that most are going to adapt to how, but that's not my concern, really. My concern is me and you. How are we going to respond? So here's the last thing I want to say today about faith. Faith obeys. That's what faith does. Faith obeys not man not me the lord faith obeys the lord regard let me add to this regardless of the situation and circumstances you are in there's no qualifier faith obeys doesn't matter if it's peacetime wartime or if the government and everybody else is telling you you need to stay in your house and shut down and don't go to work. Faith obeys the Lord. doesn't matter if China attacks Taiwan and we see terrorist attacks across the nation and lights going out, water supplies being tainted. Faith obeys what it does. But why does it? Why does faith obey? Because when we have a relationship with the Lord, which by the way is not what, that's not all God wants. He wants fellowship. Intimacy. 
so much so, he wants us to have the union with him just like Jesus did. That's what Jesus prayed. That we would become one just like you and I are one. Just like, not, you know, a stepchild oneness. No, just like Jesus and the Father. And that's all birthed out of love, God's love for us. So we don't initiate love to God. It's because God first loves us and because we've received his love. Now, he's, he loves the entire world, but how come it hasn't created any change? It's all about receiving. We've re, we receive his love. Now it enables us to love him and love others. That's the way God created us, to be receptive, you know, receptors, to receive from Him. And because we love Him, we want to please Him. We don't, we, we don't want to please Him because we're afraid to go to hell. We're afraid that, you know, things will break down and things won't go well. That's not having intimacy with the Lord. That's having some kind of transactional, religious relationship with the Lord. Because when you are in love, you want to please. You have a desire to please. And you know what Hebrews, the book of Hebrews says about that? We can't please Him without faith. Trusting and having confidence in Him. Amen? Love you, guy bless you. Father, I just ask that you would bless this congregation, each and every person, each marriage in this room, each family, the representation of their family, their children. Father, I pray that any child from any couple or any person in this room that has strayed from you, we call them back. The prodigal would return. We call them back in Jesus' mighty name. Father, that you would just radically, whether by dream, vision, uh, sending labors across their path, whatever it might be, that they would return to you wholeheartedly. And that we would receive all prodigals when they return home with joy, with gladness, with honor, with dignity. And Father, I pray too for each and every person in this room, if they're dealing with any kind of a disease or a sickness, that they would grab hold of you, your word, what you're saying to them, and that they would walk in complete and total healing, physical, spiritual, mental, and in every way. Thank you for the warriors you have developed in this room, the sons of God, the true bride of Christ. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And God, I thank you for their friendship most of all. Because when all of this is over, this age is over, we're brothers and sisters and we'll be with each other forever. That's the most important thing right there. Being with our daddy and one another. God, I pray too that everything we say and everything we do would bring glory to your holy name. God, give us strategies and wisdom to save this great nation. In this time of peril, in this time of uh, uneasiness and people not knowing what's going on. God, cause a revival and awakening in our land that hearts would return to you. Father, I pray for every congregation in our city, that, Lord, all of us, ours included, that we would lay down any personal agendas 
and allow the Spirit of God to have full reign, that we would submit to you. Because we know that you walk among the lampstands, that you visit with us, that you look around. May you be pleased with what you see and with what you hear. Amen. Bless each one of you. Go do whatever you do and enjoy the Lord as you go do it.